Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So we started SmackDown this week by recounting what had happened on last week's SmackDown. I tell you, SmackDown is no longer a wrestling show. It is a weekly drama, and I love it. Also, hello, my friends. Welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where I, Simon Miller, the bald idiot, take my finger of power, which is not a euphemism, and I wiggle it around, and I tell you what's good and bad. So maybe it is a euphemism, but look, we've got a lot to talk about today, especially a main event segment that was so damn good I almost died. Let's up those doubts. But yeah, we did indeed see Paul Heyman's and Roman Reigns get out of a car, so they were late, when Kayla Braxton tried to interview them, and they basically ignored her. So not only were they late, they're really rude. It's also quite funny, though, because Roman was all like, oh, Paul, your girlfriend is here. And when Kayla asked, what's going to happen with Jay Uso, they wouldn't tell her. And I'm glad they didn't, because I wanted to find out in the way that WWE was going to tell us in around about 90 minutes. It also meant that we moved right into our tag team gauntlet to decide who the number one contenders were going to be. And this also made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. T-shirt available now on Pro Wrestling Tees. Cheap plug. I'm going to get in trouble. And we began with the Street Profits taking on the Brawling Brutes, which is a very apt name because they're brutes that like to brawl. Montez Ford had a terrible plan because he was all like, man, I'm going to chop you, Seamus. So Seamus looked at him like, look at me, I'm like some kind of giant oak man, and he absolutely decked him. He then tagged in Ridge Holland, who basically did exactly the same. So I was like, there it is. We're five minutes in, big men, slapping man meat. Angelo Dawkins thought that he'd fare far better at this, so he tagged in, and he was able to beat a few people up. But then honestly, in about two minutes, he got broad kicked, one, two, three, and that was it. This really took me by surprise. But given that it was a gauntlet match and we were going to do a bunch of other stuff, I actually quite like this because sometimes I do want to be shocked. I don't want to be fed the obvious stuff, so I'm going to give it up. The Good Brothers were team number two, and thank goodness for that because sometimes I forget the Good Brothers are even employed by WWE because they rarely turn up to the show. And because they had the advantage because the brawling brutes were a bit like, oh, oh, we're tired, Gallows and Anderson started to kick their ass. It was mostly Luke Gallows throwing around Sheamus, although when Carl got in there, he did the same for a little bit when the Irishman went, brah, and he hit the pro kick out of nowhere again. He got the three. What is happening? So once again, I didn't see this coming, mostly because I am blind, so I'm going to give it up. And in next were the LWO. I was just having a rollicking good time. It is kind of hilarious how over they are, because the original Latino World Order were treated as jokes in WCW, and for a good old while, they were on the front foot. But guess what I'm about to tell you. I mean, Sheamus was pretty much dead by this point, so he tagged in Ridge Holland, who used all of his power... When he hit this new move thing, I mean, even Wade Barrett on commentary was like, oh, man, he told me he'd been working on that. He absolutely splattered Del Toro on the floor. (laughs) He got the pinfall. So I was like, my word, we are getting behind the brawling brutes. Maybe they're going to win. Hit Rover in after this, and you know the deal. Top Dollar got in there. Michael Cole insulted him. (laughs) 
he got broke kicked. And he was beaten in honestly around about five seconds. Now, once again, it probably worked within the confines of the gauntlet match. But when you take the context and eat it and swallow it down into your tum-tum, why do we keep doing this? It's not serving anybody. I mean, clearly hit row and piss somebody off backstage. But at some point, if we do decide to light a fire up into their ass, you are just making more problems for yourself because people don't forget. And why don't we get? Because we're nerds. I mean, look at me down. It didn't actually help where we were going though because our last team were pretty deadly and this is when I was like, wait a minute, the Brawling Brutes have been in there a long time, their HP is probably low, maybe pretty deadly are going to win, which is something I need in my life, and they did. I mean, I mean they are absolute idiots in the best possible way, however they can be serious, because when Kit Wilson got in there, he decided to break some necks because he was hitting some neck breakers. Alan Prince was also doing the same because he realised he had an elbow, so he started to use it as a weapon. Which all did indeed lead to Seamus getting the tag, but as I've already told you, he hadn't taken no med packs, he was all wibbly wobbly, and he was in a lot of trouble. Until, of course, he did the old beats of the bulldrum, whatever it's called. He must have done about 842 of these. And Ethan I, and I love Seamus, after a little bit, was like, yeah, okay, I think that's enough. I mean, he went on for so long, I grew a beard, shaved it off, and then grew it back again. But it meant the Irishman didn't see the fact that Prince had tagged in. He hit the big leg drop off the top rope, and the ref went one, two, three. Meaning pretty deadly are the new number one contenders for the tag team titles. And it also means we're getting them versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I've already told you this. Some things I just need in my belly. Let's get it up. We also teased this instantly because Zayn and KO did come out. And while they were like, congratulations, you did a great job. They're also like, you've been in the ring for five minutes. It's getting really old. Why don't you get out of there? Pretty deadly decided that they weren't going to do this. And in fact, maybe they just stay there till the end of time. And I can't wait to get more promos between these two because it is going to get super duper silly. Sammy then turned to KO and was like, you are oddly calm given how crazy you've been recently, which sent Kevin off. He totally freaked out and they chased these guys away. But once again, we are doing this in the UK at Money in the Bank. No idea why I just slapped my head like that. I'm going to be there and I get to see this and I'm going to cheer my lungs out, which means I'm going to die. Let's get it up. It was Roman Reigns time after this. And I swear that dude is ready to burst. Because Heyman wanted to know if Roman had chatted to Jay when Roman was like, no, what are you talking about, you absolute goober? I'm the tribal chief. And if we are going to have a conversation, he has to come to me. I mean, what do I look like? Chop liver? It also works in the context of wrestling, because you know the deal. If somebody does upset you on the previous week's SmackDown, you must wait seven days before you let your emotions out there. Although I'm glad we did this, because again, just you wait until we get to the last second of this show. Pure fire. Well, for some reason, Zelina Vega beat EO Sky. And what I will say is that both are in the Money in the Bank match. So it was a good way to advertise that. And usually the way WWE does this is whoever loses in the build-up is actually going to win the briefcase. So yeah, it only went about two minutes. Zelina hit the 619 and she got the three. And that made me chuckle too. Oh, I'm friends with Rey Mysterio now. Why don't I steal his move? Bailey was on full-on distraction mode too. And at one point, EO actually had this one with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But because she over-distracted, that's when Zelina Vega was able to get out, hit her stolen maneuver and get the three. So, like I say, and I'm going to talk about this again later, I'm now starting to think, oh my gosh, EO Sky is going to win the briefcase and damage control will break up, which we teased here. So even though this wasn't on my TV for very long, I actually thought WWE did a pretty good job giving it up. Obviously, everybody in damage control was unhappy after this. And talking about unhappy people, we cut to Bianca Belair. Because she was in the back with Adam Pearce and she made a very good point because she was like, listen, 
I did exactly what you told me to do last week. I didn't go out there to interrupt Oscar. Charlotte Flair did. Now she's getting the title match. What are you going to do about it? Do you know what Adam said? I don't know. I was like, man, you're useless. Bianca then decided, all right, well, I'll go and sort this out for myself. When we cut to Bailey and Io Sky, who were in the middle of a massive argument, which is when Shotzi decided, well, I can see they're having a row, but I'm going to go interject anyway. She also blamed Bailey for not being in the Money in the Bank, so said to her, why don't we have a match next week, and whoever wins will go and challenge for the briefcase. Now, of course, Bells was like, nah, I ain't going to do this. When Io Sky went, yes, she will. I accept on her behalf. Now, I'm not sure. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. That's how these things work. Like if somebody said, will you marry me? And your friend said, yes, they'll marry you. That doesn't count as an accepting of the proposal. But once again, wrestling has wacky rules, and I love them. Given that we had done all of this as well, it was then time for the Grayson Waller effect. And who was his guest? Blah, 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 pay the trumpet. Grayson Waller. No, wait. Not great. I meant Charlotte Flair. <laughs> It's a genuine mistake, made me laugh. Well, I straight up told her, though, listen, I know you've had all these feuds with Oscar in the past, but this is a brand new version of Oscar, so what are you going to do? I suppose before, she was the Empress of Tomorrow, so now she's become the Empress of Today. She made it. Waller then asked Flair, do you think you've become a 15-time world champion? Even though I think she's like a 32-world-time champion already. And as soon as Charlotte said yes, who came to the ring? It was Bianca Belair. Good. She just wanted answers right now because so far none of this had made any sense. It was 2 plus 2 equals potato. When Charlotte did that thing, when even though she was a good guy for a little bit, she then went a bad guy. So, don't blame me. I'm a champion. What are you? Absolutely nothing. And I ain't going to apologize for anything. Flair's big point too was that she never got a rematch after she lost to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I was like, wait a minute. 
One, you went away for ages, so that's your fault. Two, WWE told us that we're not doing rematches anymore. And three, you're actually going after the wrong belt. Thankfully, Belair pointed some of these out so she's a hero. When Charlotte was all like, listen, I'm a champion, even when I don't have a championship. This kind of ties into something I just said. Oh, man, my love, I tell you, I'm so happy we're married. Wait, what? I've never married you. Yeah, but I've said that it's true, so now we're wed. Bianca then fired back by saying, you know what, I am the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era, so maybe you should shut your mouth. And given that you ain't giving me the cheese that I want, you know what I'm gonna do? When you do challenge for this championship, I'm gonna be stood at ringside watching both your asses. She also continued this by saying, I will become the champion again. So I'm glad we're booking Bianca like this because now she's got some real edge to her, not Adam Copeland. And I was like, is Grayson Waller still here? And I think that he still was. So he does need a big old push soon, but I tell you this, it does kind of feel like we're rehabbing Bianca Belair a little bit, which means her losing the championship makes all the sense in the world. And now I guess we're gonna go into a three-way. So I actually thought this was a good bit of business, or at least did what it had to do. Though I don't know where Oscar was. Uh, when, yep, Paul Heyman did indeed find Jey Uso. Ruh -roh. Now, being the turncoat that he is, he's all like, oh, I'm so sorry what happened to you last week, but please stay in the bloodline. <laughs> when Jay once again was like, don't worry about it, Uso, but you seem to have forgotten what I told you seven days ago. Maybe I will stay in the family, but if so, you're out. This thing got super duper serious because they stared at each other for a little while. That's what you do in wrestling when you want to make your point. And again, I don't mean to keep going on about this. But we'll get into it in the main event segment, Ruled. Because before that, it was Karrion Cross and Scarlett beating Meechin and AJ Styles. And this was totally, totally bonkers. Now, given that we'd had this long gauntlet match, it kind of stood to reason that it was going to be super duper quick. And after Styles beat up Karrion Cross for a while, Scarlett and Meechin tagged in there. And Meechin started to hit her with German suplexes. That's Verdes turn. Cross and AJ were then back in, though, and Styles hit the Styles clash. When Scarlett got in there, essentially broke up the pin... And then was all like, oh man, I'm being sexy now. Or at least I think that was the point, because AJ took his glove off and went, shut up, I'm married. I'm like, what kind of reality have I entered into? What is happening? Also, who decided this is what we were going to do? I mean, imagine this in the real world. What are you doing? I'm distracting you with my sexiness, for goodness sake. Now, I do understand why we did this. Karrion and Scarlet probably needed a win, so Cross snuck in there and he hit the cross jacket and the cross hammer and this other move, and he got the one, two, three. But once again, I stood there and I was like, well, this didn't help anyone. <laughs> because once again, it was basically distraction by someone trying to be sexy. So this was really odd, even though it will set up the singles matches between the two. I just don't think this one clicked. Shouldn't do it. Down. We then just had the best skit between Roman and Paul Heyman, though, because Paul had returned to the locker room, Reigns wanted answers, and because the wise man didn't have any, there was just this awkward silence. Or maybe they just watch a match when somebody had tried to be sexy and they didn't know what to do. So Sakoa then scared off Heyman, who actually went, Bah! So I enjoyed it when he said, Listen, my tribal chief, should I go and handle business? But Roman was all like, No, we've got time, my friend. As it turned out, he was totally, totally wrong. We also saw Cameron Grimes cutting interview after this and Baron Corbin beat him up because they are doing a feud. When Rey Mysterio walked to the ring and said, let me tell you, I've accomplished a lot in my career, but something I'm really proud of is that I reformed the LWO. And I was like, right, that cannot be true. If you go through your career, you may be one of the best ever and getting together an old WCW group, I don't believe it. He then introduced Santos Escobar, who came out and cut the most wrestling scripted promo I've ever heard. Like he didn't even say hello. 
he's just got the microphone and said something like, I need to win things. <laughs> like, I don't want to have a conversation with you. Well, so I don't understand what we were doing here, though, because Escobar was all, I'm going to win the money in the bank when LA Knight interrupted, got a massive evasion from the crowd, and even though he shoved Ray Ray onto his ass, people still loved him. So we're going to have to switch this soon. It is not going to work. He's a babyface. It also led into La versus Santos. And usually I'd be super mad about this because it went two minutes. And of course, LA Knight lost after the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. One, two, three. However, it goes back to the EO Sky stuff. I watched it and I thought, oh my gosh, is LA Knight losing because he's going to become Mr. Briefcase? And I tell you, talk about things I need in my existence. He needs to become Mr. Briefcase. I mean, he also whooped Rey Mysterio afterwards until Santos Escobar made the save. So as this is a positive Pete show, I'm going to beat a positive Pete and I'm going to throw this into the ether and hope that it manifests itself. Very excited about the foot we may push LA Knight to the point it is getting it up. Also, bring it down, the surprise roll up counter, it goes up by one, it's silly. It was then time for our main event, but beforehand we got this excellent tease because Jay Uso was walking to the ring, he saw Sami Zayn, and they didn't say a word to each other, but you could feel the emotion, and then I started to cry. There's nothing wrong with that, we have tears for a reason. It also led to another fantastic bloodline segment, and I don't care anymore. This is all time stuff. Roman began by asking the crowd to acknowledge him when bam, the Usos music hit, out came Jay Uso, so we were not standing on ceremony, Mr. Wayne. Reigns felt the same because he instantly asked Jay whether he's in or out, so I guess he was doing the hokey cokey. When Jay Uso got on the microphone and said, look, I'll make it very simple for you. Sure, yeah, maybe I will stay in the bloodline, but you gotta get rid of Paul Heyman, here we go. Roman tried to calm all this down by saying, look, when you're head of the table and when you're the tribal chief, you can choose your wise man. This ain't about you, this ain't about anybody else. Paul Heyman is my wise man, so as I am sitting in this lovely chair here, he has to remain, you better understand. He continues manipulation by saying, look, I have done all of this work to get our family to the top of the mountain, but somebody needs to keep us there, and that, my friend, is you, Jay Uso. He also said the last three years have been training Jay for this moment, so it is coming much like Veer when he tries to get to Raw. He then went on to say the big problem with all of this is Jimmy Uso, and again, unwritten wrestling rules, because somebody had said Jimbo's name, he came out here, and all of a sudden this escalated. Because he fired back that Roman Reigns is the real problem, and also when we break it right down, you can't trust him over me. I mean, I'm your actual brother. We shared a womb together. They did. The Tribal Chief had his own comeback, because he was like, listen, Jay, let's look at the facts here. When you were just teaming with him, you were nothing, but as soon as you jumped on my back, you were performing on WrestleManias, you were becoming champions, and you became better than you ever were before. And you could see in Jay Uso's face and he even said these things. It's like, oh, man, Roman does a very good point. Reigns continued then by saying, listen, you also need to make a choice because you can't be a twin and the tribal chief at the same time. So that is insane. I need to read that rule book. We then went all the way back to the start of this thing. So I was just applauding like a seal because Roman was like, let's get to the nitty gritty here. Jimmy has been jealous since day one, because Jay, do you remember when I picked you as the right-hand man? He was angry then. Do you agree, Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman said yes. And then they said, what do you think, Jim? And amazingly, Jimmy Uso looked to the floor all ashamed and were like, you know what? It is true. That did make me super duper sad panda. Jay then totally lost it and started to say, how could you do this to me, man? I expect it from him, but I don't expect it from you. And he started to call him Joshua, which is his real name. And they were talking about his childhood and how Jimmy Uso was always put on a pedestal and he had to try and reach up for that. So now finally he got one of his own. What did Jimbo try to do? Knock him down. He was super emotional here as well, to the point I think he started to cry when he looked at Jimmy and said, you know what, you're out. 
I was like, no, Jay, no. This whole angle has been about great lines, though. So after he took the most perfect pause in the history of drama, Jay Uso went, and I am too. He turned around. He super kicked Roman Reigns right in the face. And this was me. Like I was being electric shocked, I don't care. They also took out Sola Sokoa, because screw that guy, when they finished SmackDown by double super kicking Roman, which means the show ended with the Uso standing tall. Just realised I'm wearing the wrong wrestling shirt. It should say made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because my tum-tum was going crazy. So you absolutely have to watch this and while we can debate it until the cows come home, this is one of the best stories that WWE has ever done. This is one of the best parts of the angle as well, to the point. (laughs) I don't even care, man. It doesn't just get it up. It gets a golden up. So it is just the absolute best, and this SmackDown overall gets an up too. I mean, even if the previous hour or so have been gubbins, I still would have liked it based just on this. I'm having such a good time, which is the point of professional wrestling. Now do make sure you click the video on the screen that will be AEW Rampage, or it will be later, because that will come out later. You know what I'm talking about. Just watch the damn show. And remember, AEW Collision Ups and Downs goes live tomorrow, then we'll do it every Monday, and we're having a little bit of a shuffle here on the show, but I promise you it's for the best, and I'm doing it for you, because I love you, I appreciate you, and I just want you to have the best damn day ever. Goodbye. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.